Coming Out Black is an online community built to support and celebrate our First Nations mob in the LGBTQ community. We've developed this podcast to share our stories and we want you to join us for these conversations. As we begin, we want to acknowledge our traditional owners of the lands we're recording from. And we also want to extend that respect to our Indigenous brothers and sisters listening in, of course, our elders past, present and emerging, and our non-Indigenous allies. The language we'll use throughout this podcast will be words that we're comfortable with in ourselves and our community, but we acknowledge that this may not be the case for all listeners. We are here to share our voices as well as give light to others, so at no point in time are we ever trying to represent all Indigenous queer people. Well, without further ado, let's jump into Coming Out Black. Okay, so we're back, episode two. Hooray! Episode one, uh, we released last week. We've had a tremendous amount of feedback. We've had some great commentary. We've had heaps of people referring this to their, um, to their mob friends and non-mob friends, which has been great. Yeah. Uh, some questions come through. Um, it's great to be here, obviously, on Reconciliation Week. Um, mm-hmm. Tika, and what's our theme this year? You know how the universe just does things sometimes and it's like this was meant to sort of coincide together. I think the theme of reconciliation this week, which is in this together, is so timely for the experience we've been having with COVID uh, in so many people being able to come together and show that even though a lot of the time we have to be apart, I mean, you and I, Courtney, live in whole different cities, but we've been able to connect and be in this together. So I think it's really timely that this was the theme for this year. Definitely. And I think it's almost like a, a great reminder to reach out and lean on each other, particularly when you're not feeling too great. I think I've um, personally, I've had a pretty rough week this week and mm. I realized when I stopped isolating myself and it took advice from a friend but once I started reaching out to people that do truly care about me and like are always there for me I should actually just tell them (laughs) yeah you know when you're not having a good time and that's that's obviously like yeah quite relevant to COVID and you know the this week despite it being a really important hard-hitting truth-telling week um we've had a lot of not great news this week um, mm-hmm. coming out of Black Australia as well as um, African American. We've got some, yeah. um, you know, death, deaths in custody. We've got the Pilbara mines um, blowing up some ancient sacred sites for us, which mm-hmm. isn't um, the best news to have given this week is all about <laughs> reconciliation. It's pretty wild. Yeah, and I think that just goes to show why coming together and taking care of yourself and others during this time is really important. Like, I definitely feel during times like NADOC week and then times now like Reconciliation Week, things can feel heavy. You know, there's a bit more mainstream media on the Indigenous communities. Um, Some things are being covered that might not have been covered in other times of the year, which is ridiculous, but still, uh, it's okay for things to feel heavy. And I guess what we're trying to say is make sure that we reach out and make sure that you come together as a community. And again, coming out black as a community that we're trying to build to support each other as well. So Uh, happy reconciliation week but it's also okay if this time does feel heavy to you definitely and I guess what we want to do this week is reflect on you know this topic of identity Mm -hmm. so we are multiple minority Australians is that how you identify yourself yeah that is the, the language I tend to use yeah and myself as well I probably don't use necessarily I'm not super comfortable with the term Australian funnily enough I think I refer to myself more as a First Nations Australian or First Nations person um, who also happens to be queer. In this episode I think we're going to unpack our personal um, experiences being a multiple minority. I guess what I want to I suppose start is 
I want to know your earliest mm. um, memory of when you needed to identify yourself. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. Mm. Um, I don't really remember the first time I, I don't know, found out, as some people might say, but I remember one of the first times I was questioned on it and I I don't know if this was a dream yeah. or not, but um, I remember being in, it must have been preschool or kindergarten or something like that, and I was playing with some blocks and I must have said something. I don't know what it was, but this little kid uh, came up to me, knocked my blocks over, and I was like, whoa, what's your problem? Uh, and he was like, you're not Aboriginal because you have white skin. And I just remember being really upset. That's, that's the only thing I remember about that. I don't know if it was a dream. I just remember this one little asshole coming up to me, knocking my blocks over and telling me that I wasn't Aboriginal. Um, so I guess maybe that's one of my first memories of being questioned about who I was because my mum would tell me stories when I was little. All my cousins are darker than me. All my like uh, Indigenous friends were darker than me. And I was this one little white kid. She said it was always easy to find me in a crowd because I was the one little white kid running around with all the black kids. <laughs> Um, so from a personal perspective, it was always there because I just grew up with with being proud of my culture and that. But one of the first times I was questioned about it was probably kindergarten or primary school. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Uh, for me, I think it might have been similar um, in a way that I think the age that I was was probably around then. I think I didn't really realise that I was black until I moved out of a, um, like we lived in a small town slash community where there, where there was a lot of mob around so I didn't realize I didn't think I was any sort of different until we moved to like the city or Brisbane and I was going to school and I noticed mm -hmm. like everyone was so white and um there was probably like two other kids at the school that were had any sort of um color to their skin and I just got really I just got a little bit confused and but like I've always only grown up with my black family um and my grandparents are you know beautiful chocolate um people they're so cute and yeah. um my cousins are all like they they also have um you know a black mother and a white father and they are just so much more browner than I am which was a bit confusing because we have the same sort yeah. of mix but um anyway I found genetics hey yeah. um and oh god they're just so beautiful i think more than like it's not even the skin color thing i think they're just all stunning i think i've just got the bad end of the uh the, the bat picked a bad straw anyway but um i feel the exact same and i don't know i don't think my little sister will ever listen to this but if she does she will discover that part of me has always been a little bit jealous of her because she has beautiful tan skin Absolutely. and beautiful blue eyes, whereas I have the pale skin and blue eyes, which is also very pretty, yet we're all beautiful. But when people see her, it's quite striking. They're like, oh, my God, her eyes are so bright. I'm like, my eyes are blue too, but she just has darker skin than me and it shows. <laughs> oh, God. Um, she's probably not going to – but if she does, she'll know I was always a little bit jealous. Oh, bless. And, like, yeah, I guess it's like <laughs> – kind of a bit of difficult situation because obviously I think you know we're all we're all so beautiful no matter what shade or you know flavor that you are but um yeah so my experience was in school but obviously that say that also came with the questions of yeah if you're Aboriginal why are you white um you okay. know oh but it wasn't like the, even more so the comments of oh you're so lucky that you're Aboriginal you get everything and I was like what do you oh, mean? please. Everything. everything for free. <laughs> Where are all my things? But we, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, but yeah, every, like all mob have heard this before, I suppose. Um, yeah. We're definitely not very, any parts unique in this experience. But yeah, and obviously that's something that I suppose you get questioned as well with your sexuality, Tika. I remember when we first met, you were talking about the struggles of being a femme um, mm. is that, yeah, like people question 
your sexuality. The one, if people don't think I'm like the straight best friend in a gay bar, which is so annoying, I'll be like at a queer bar, like at a queer event and people will assume, like I've had a bartender, I was making out with my girlfriend all night and then he must have got off because he was on the dance floor apparently. He was like, I know you're the straightest one in here, honey, but you work it. And I was like, you've been pouring me tequila all night and watching me make out with my girlfriend and you still think I'm straight. This is crazy. (laughs) Oh, man. But, yeah, like I guess sometimes I I suppose and it's something unique in our community is that when you have two strong strong foundations of that you believe is part of your identity and and it's constantly questioned sometimes it's really difficult to um, feel like you are safe and confident in any of those lights. So I guess how do you find it personally and how do you deal with that, I suppose? I think it's if you are someone who is part of a minority community where there are stereotypes attached to that and you don't fit those stereotypes in one way or another, it teaches you to be really confident. Well, you have to learn to be really confident in yourself. Otherwise, everyone around you is going to tear you down. It definitely still gets to me sometimes. Like there have been some times, and I'm sure we'll get into stories in different episodes. Yeah. Um, where people have said things to me, it has kind of really hurt me, but I've gotten to a point now where I'm like, look, you know, you made up your mind about whether I was Indigenous or not by looking at me when you met me, or you decided if I was bi, if I was going through a phase, there's nothing I can say to you that's going to change that. But like, I know who I am and people who love me know who I am. And that has to be enough for me. What about you? Oh, I wasn't expecting the question back. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think for me, um, obviously, I've been involved in, in like working in Indigenous affairs, playing in Indigenous sport teams, and I think two of those aspects of my life, um, I'm I really love. And I think when it came to playing in Indigenous sport teams for whatever sport it was, I think I just wanted to be the best that I could. And, like, if the more successful, the better I was at those sports, like, kind of reflected on, like, the more valid my identity was. It was kind of really stupid. Um, And, well, like... But I think that's something that a lot of people think. Like, you have to be ten times better than uh, a non-Indigenous person to try and prove yourself. Yeah, and I think that also correlated to academia and even probably part of my professional life for some time before I realised that you could be prime minister and you're still going to be black like it it doesn't matter what you do my whole life since I've went to school and feel like I've beaten some of the systems that have been created to to create more disadvantage for for our mob because I've kind of gotten through those systems I feel like I owe it to my culture my community that's kept me going all this time to give back Mm -hmm. and sort of keep pushing those boundaries but at the same time success doesn't correlate to identity you're black no matter what so you don't have to win the Nobel Prize. You don't have to, um, you know, yeah, become prime minister or be the CEO. Um, if you do what you love and you do it honestly and you take any opportunity you can to bring mob along or give other mob opportunity, then I think that's, for me, um, what success looks like in being a strong black Aboriginal woman. Um, yeah very true on that topic of like being a strong black woman that language um reminded Mm. me of something this week I really wanted to talk about and I can't wait to get into this topic not because it's a good thing because it was just mate seriously you know how sometimes you get reminded of the state of the world because I live in a bubble of people who are educated around me and then I get reminded like damn some people don't know anything so here's the story Courtney you ready yeah (laughs) hit me (laughs) <laughs> okay, good. So, um, like many a people, 
during uh, quarantine, I myself have enjoyed a bit of TikTok. You know, I'm on the app. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Uh, it's the way of the future. Yeah, is. and being someone who is a multiple minority and really loves to be loud about that and educate people, I made a TikTok, uh, I think it was last week, and it was uh, using an audio talking about how Aboriginal Australians identify uh, as Black, B-L-A-K, and even if you are uh, white passing, you are still Black and you're part of your Black community. And I was like, girl, you're so right, and made a TikTok about it. Amazing. Yes, it was, you know, it was wonderful. If you want to go have a look at my TikTok, take a look at it, Matika Little. <laughs> Plug yourself. Um, <laughs> I get comments on this TikTok. Most of them are supportive. Most of them are from other Indigenous people who are like, yes, sis, you're deadly. This is amazing. And I was like, yes. Mm. Uh, but then I get my first hate comment on TikTok or like racially charged comment. And it's this guy oh, uh, and he comments like, okay, yeah, let's just ignore the fact that seven out of eight of your grandparents would have been white oh uh, and all of these other things. Some of the other, like he left multiple comments. He was like, you know, this girl grew up with white parents in a white family with a white income with all of like, oh my God. this guy apparently knows my whole life story. And I'm like, you're ridiculous. <laughs> Who hurt you, Brad? What are you doing? What? So what? So this guy like comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I like honestly, the first comment he left, I did reply back because I was like, I want to see what this guy says, you know. And then he, it was just crazy mm -hmm. the assumptions that this person made purely based on the fact that my skin is white and was like, you're making a mockery of Indigenous communities. And he had the audacity to say that he cares about people of colour. He cares about queer people, but I'm just doing this for likes and all these sorts of things. And it just reminded me to save that in my brain and talk about it in the podcast, because it's a really good example of the kinds of questioning pale Indigenous people get. Uh, and might I add, he, these comments were on sorry day. Oh, God. Like, yeah. So it was also just bad timing. I was like, you are so uneducated. He was like, do you want to take a quiz? And I was like, you just I probably unfortunately don't have a job during COVID. You want some attention and I'm done giving that to you and then just continued on with my life. But I thought it was a really good example of being questioned about identity when I'm just here trying to make a fun TikTok about being black. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting how like, um, you know, TikTok's like a new safe place for everyone just to express themselves. Like I remember when it first started, there was some people there that were like, like theater, you could tell it was super into theater. There was like cosplay. There was mm -hmm. um, people just expressing themselves, their sexuality, their identity, people of different languages, countries. It was so beautiful. And I still think it is. We've got celebrities involved now. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's wonderful, welcoming community, but obviously just like anything particularly even in social media, there's a there's a dark side and there's a negative side. And sometimes I think a lot of people, no matter what platform you're on, you sort of open yourself up to, to scepticism and um, people questioning or, or even trying to invalidate you by asking questions like that. But I, I always sort of I'm curious as to know, is that some like a way that you respond normally? Because I feel like sometimes people ask questions like that just due to their own insecurities or they feel like they're going to get attention by you biting back maybe you just thought you were really hot and like didn't know how to deal with it <laughs> maybe hey <laughs> um yeah that's a really good question that's not the usual way that i would react to things at all the usual way is uh, either i would just not engage with that especially on social media like honestly most of the time i just block remove that that's the way i do it in real life i try and take opportunities to educate people and then if that's not working i'm like see you later bye mm -hmm. um on this occasion because it was the first time i'd had a racially charged comment on tiktok i was like i would just like to see 
what's going to happen here but then eventually sort of just gave up and I was like yeah you know nothing and his like there were maybe like I don't know three comments that were negative and the rest of them were all really supportive from both non-Indigenous and Indigenous people. I even had some really great comments of oh I know that I have Indigenous ancestry but I'm afraid to sort of claim that. I would really love to learn more about it. I'm really proud about it, but I don't know. Like, how do mm. I find out more stuff? And that was really wonderful as well. Oh, there was this couple and they were a gay couple. It was really nice. Um, they were like, oh, our foster child is Indigenous and we want her to be really proud of her identity and she has pale skin and we showed this TikTok to her and she was really happy. So lots mm. more positive than <laughs> negative, but yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah, like I learned when I was younger as well was, you know, educate, don't react. So don't be angry, educate. Sometimes a lot of it's just misconceptions or ignorance. Um, I find even today, these days, like I'm constantly educating people um, in my day-to-day life. I sat next to a lady on a plane once and I had a, um, mm-hmm. a Frank Green um, Indigenous art um, coffee cup and she asked me about this coffee cup and she was going um, on tour to the Kimberleys and stuff and she was saying, oh, like, I'm just a little bit worried. I heard, like, you know, the Aborigines up there are cannibals and I was like, oh my oh, Jesus Christ, woman, I'm so glad you sat next to me. I'm about to educate the shit out of you. So, like, I remember. Everyone sit down, get ready for the TED Talk. <laughs> yeah and like well it was it was pretty chill like she like just had no idea she's like oh my god I had no idea that was so offensive to say and I was like yeah like I guess like I can't blame you obviously like your generation that's that's the media that you read growing up and stuff and I suppose you're you're gonna go out there and have an incredible experience but mm-hmm. please don't use that word and yeah. um please know that that's not the case yeah. but um you know u- uber drivers when they ask you what you do for work and because I obviously work in a form of Indigenous affairs, mm-hmm. I always get that, that question, oh, oh, are you Aboriginal? And I get always get a mixed response. So sometimes it's, oh, cool. And then other times it's like, oh, like, but how much? Yeah, or, totally. I yeah, just lie now. Typical questions, like a, a lot of our across the country get, you just lie. Yeah, to my Uber drivers when they're like, oh, where do you work? I'm like, oh, what do I say? I think I started saying, oh, just like in hospitality or something. Something really that they won't ask me any more questions <laughs> about. Because I'm just like, I don't want to talk about me working in an Indigenous industry because then I'm going to have this and that. I just lie now. That's true. That's a good point. I think sometimes when um, you're super Mm. tired and sometimes it's really hard to be a constant Google um, sometimes for people. But it's, yeah, I found the worst one that I've ever experienced was Mm. in my place of work. Um, and it's not my current job, um, but we were working with a um, in a, in a fellow Indigenous company. And this is oh, this is why it's so wild because this fellow he, this fellow was non-Indigenous, but he worked for an Indigenous company that's grounded on their yep. you know cultural knowledge and um, you know that they're real deadly. And I was like, yeah, cool, this is going to be great. And they were trying to get us to use their business for something that we were doing. Yeah. And I've told you this story before, Matika. Yeah, I, I remember it's probably one of the first stories I told you actually because it happened to me that day. <laughs> That we met, actually, now that I remember. Because I was like, oh, my God, this just happened to me. Like, <laughs> I just met you five minutes ago. Anyway, so <laughs> so this fella, we were talking about where we're from and stuff, and I was talking about, yeah, my mob, and he's gone camping from the island that my family's from. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, we were talking about where. And he's like, oh, so, like, where can I camp? Because... Um, I can't camp outside the campgrounds. And I was like, yeah, like that's mm-hmm. why there's campgrounds. You should camp in the campgrounds because there's dingoes, there's animals, there's also artifacts, there's grounds, there's people's homes. Uh, and he was just like, well, where's not like where's the non-Aboriginal land? And I was like, oh, oh God. God. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, boy, uh, nowhere. Um, oh, someone pulled up that meme. They're like, um, England, that girl that she yeah. says to Pauline Hanson. Oh. 
<laughs> that's exactly it so yeah and then we were talking about oh okay so like and I was talking about obviously I knew all these things because that's where my family's from and he said oh yeah but what else are you and I was like uh what do you mean and he's like well something clearly bred the black out of you and I was like oh. um and it's one of those things where when you're in a professional setting or kind of any setting you'd never really expect it particularly when you feel like you're in a safe place yeah like that and I was kind of in a bit of shock and I didn't really know an answer and usually my first reaction to things is usually just a kind of nervous laugh and try to like de-escalate the situation despite other people it's super entitled to get up and walk away or you know give him hell about it but um I just said well like yeah like I suppose I have Caucasian heritage as well but it's not something I like it's not that I don't identify as it it's just something that I don't know very well so I don't feel confident yeah. in identifying just like other people are with their own yep. indigenous heritage as well so yeah so I just said you know I've only grown up with a black family that's all I know and um yeah and he just kind of didn't really let it go for a while and I was just like oh god like and then I just tried to change the subject and then I was done but yeah um, that's just ridiculous <laughs> it's just it like obviously this is a this is scenarios that I think a lot of our mob go through and even um I've got cousins who are quite like you know if I'm a vanilla latte they are a mocha you know type deal and obviously coffee is coffee no matter how much milk you add to it and I love that saying because it's so true. true um but they have been questioned like you know are you Indian are you um Sri Lankan and Goodness. you know a lot of you know, even mob up where I've, I've worked in some remote communities in Australia and some of them are like smack bang in the middle, clearly defined as Aboriginal remote communities that they live in. And there's been people traveling through or tourists and asking, oh, like, are there some African, like, <laughs> African oh mig migrants here? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, this is... <laughs> no. It's wild. Just the the lack of understanding of how diverse um and, and rich our culture is and how different Aboriginal people look from person to person, even same family, same mob, people look so different. And, and like, it's nothing to do with yeah. how much, you know, other things have come in through the DNA chain. Sometimes, like, like if anyone's studied genetics, they would know, like anything can sort of happen in that, you know, those first phases and yeah. you could, anything could happen. So like, it's just so wild, um, that concept. But I want to talk more about this TikTok uh, video again mm -hmm. um if you could have your time over would you do anything different um look if i ever if i get future hate comments on tiktok i will just go the normal route of like cool blocking this person i don't have time for them yeah. um but i think maybe i wouldn't have engaged with him for so long because it's just like that's just yeah they want attention but also this guy has not impacted me emotionally whatsoever it was more so like dude, seriously, also today's sorry day, are you serious? And then thinking yeah. this is a really good example to show that this still happens. So definitely, purely for the sake of educating people that this is a conversation that still needs to be happening and that people who are pale and Indigenous still need recognition, um, I would probably mm. do it over. But going forward, I just won't engage with that kind of thing because it's not necessary for me. Absolutely. And I think even we were touching base before about how your TikTok helped yeah. a couple of people and well I, I actually I would say a lot more than a couple like people that haven't commented I'm sure they've all been um you know impacted in, in whatever way possible and before we were talking about as well um that acceptance level and how things diversify between mob to mob and family to family it reminds me of a question that we got asked this week um yeah. by a viewer and or viewer listener and that question <laughs> that question was um it read powerful listening team firstly bravo on the vulnerability front um 
so sweet. Yeah. The main question that keeps buzzing in my head is the acceptance levels of different groups. Most people would know to varying degrees various churches' views, but is there a consistent view across Indigenous mobs or is it group specific or is it down to individual values and beliefs? That's a great question. And I think the answer to that is as complex as the question is yeah. because we are such a diverse community, there are going to be so many different opinions. So for example, um, also I think communities are shifting and changing as well. Like growing up in regional New South Wales, when I was younger, I perhaps thought that there were some more negative viewpoints from community than there are now when I go home. So things are also yeah. changing in different areas of Australia and different nations. So yeah, that's, I would probably say there is no one answer to that because everyone's going to have different views. Yeah, definitely. I don't think there's one, you know, mob that I can narrow down that have this exact view at all. Um, and I suppose. I think like some communities who perhaps are more closely linked to religion as a result of colonisation might have some uh, viewpoints that are closer to Christianity or different religions that perhaps are not supportive of the LGBT community, but equally absolutely might not. Heaps of churches are supportive of LGBT people as well. That's very true. I would go as far as to say that the majority of Aboriginal Australia is supportive of our mob regardless of how we identify. And we see that in the First Nations float. We see that uh, mm -hmm. in different medias that's coming out and we see it in the way that mob are treated in their home communities coming out. And then there will be a small percentage that is not probably the same sort of uh, percentage that we see in Australia today with everyone. Yeah, I think that's probably a good way to, to answer that. And speaking of families, we have two more questions that are family related from some listeners or from mm -hmm. mob that are part of our community now. This one is asking, does anyone have kids? So her scenario is that her dad isn't accepting that her unborn child isn't his DNA and will have two mums. So I was thinking about this question. Um, obviously, for us, family is everything. And I can only imagine if this is something that's impacting you enough to to ask the question um obviously it's probably not a great experience at the moment but obviously i feel like i don't necessarily have the exact experience to answer this question but this is one of those things where i feel like many situations i've seen around me where i know some young parents um i don't know how old this person is but i've seen many young parents who have had kids where their parents weren't approving but the second and they saw that baby, they didn't care um, and they just fell right in love. And that's been also, I've got friends that have adopted and it's been the same thing with their grandparents. I think the power of love and family and cute little babies can sometimes overact these things. And I think over time, your dad seeing how much yourself and your partner are loving and being incredible parents to your future child I think that will get better over time and just being patient with with him as well maybe I understand the the generation that he's probably from um, assuming he's a little bit older it's, it's going to take some time to adjust but I think overall just hang in there and I think it's a great opportunity to call out to anyone that's listening that might have a similar experience that might be able to share some wisdom um, I'd love for anyone to write in if they've got any sort of tips or support we can actually like I'd love to to link anyone who's in a similar position so you guys have each other's backs and that's what the point of this community is as well. Teek, what is, what's your thought? Yeah, um, honestly, I wouldn't say anything more than you've said because I think you've hit the nail on the head. Definitely, like, we can have the discussion that way because Courtney and I don't have kids yet. One day we'll have very cute babies. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, and our last question um, that we've got time to answer for this one has been written in, how did your nan or how did your nans or pops react or do they not know? This is an interesting one because I know, yet again, we are polar opposites on this. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first? <laughs> do you want, do you want to go first? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll go first. I'll go first. <laughs> um, okay. So my grandparents the best both sides of my family um i i grew up with my mum's side of the family so that those are the ones that i am closest with and talk to the most but my dad's side of the family i am now connected with and uh are, are also equally as supportive my nan probably yeah actually she was the first person i ever told and i don't know if i've told this story before but it was i, I had a really public breakup and i didn't want to go to school i think i mentioned this last episode but i'm not sure but i ended up telling her that i had broken up with my best friend who was a girl obviously so she's technically the first person i ever told also when i was organizing the first nations float in wagga wagga for our our first ever mardi gras she was driving around town because i live in sydney like reminding everyone like my granddaughter's organizing the float Mm -hmm. you need to sign up everyone needs to get involved like printing off flyers for everyone my pop's a very quiet man he doesn't have a lot of words but Mm -hmm. he also walked in the parade with me and has met uh my previous partner and my whole family has been really loving and supportive, particularly my nan as the matriarch of our family. So I, yet again, am incredibly lucky. And also my grandparents on my dad's side have been very loving as well. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> now that's a complete opposite. Let's go to Courtney. <laughs> um, well, look, in the crux, no, they don't know. Um, I obviously listening to, to episode one you could probably understand that I've had um, quite a difficult uh, and destructive sort of coming out story and I think for me I think we we touched this on last episode as well me coming out it's not like I mean obviously I've, I'm on a public broadcast where people know that I'm gay but it's not something that I do often um, I think I've started to assume people just know mm-hmm. in my day-to-day life but I still get a little bit nervous um, about actually coming out to people but with my grandparents obviously they've grown up in a sort of homophobic generation and I think part of me feels like I'm doing a, a, a disservice to them by telling them but then I'm also doing a disservice to them by not telling them and obviously how are you supposed to allow people to love you for all that you are if you actually don't share that and I and I definitely agree with that notion however I feel like I want it, I want there to be a reason I suppose to tell them I think I think um like I've I've had a cousin who has recently come out to them which is great because um, they were amazing to my understanding. And that means I suppose that the door is necessarily quite open for me. But um, at the same time, it's just something that I, I want to have a reason. I want them to see that I'm in love and super happy. And I suppose, like, I guess I, I think maybe I should just tell them to be honest. But it's a journey um, and maybe I'll, I'll do it and I'll talk about it. Yeah. And that's right. I think when I'm comfortable and ready, I will. Um, they I feel like they actually kind of know though so they used to always ask me every gathering um do you have a boyfriend do you have a boyfriend I said no no like I'm focusing on my degree and then when I finished my uni studies I was like oh well like now I'm focusing on my career um but to be fair I haven't really had a partner like often to be like I have no game so um did you say you have no game is that what you just said I have no game (laughs) no ability um so to be fair I've only really had like one solid partner that's worth talking about but in the period because obviously I'm quite a late bloomer as well um this is only only in my 20s have I really kind of been out and um you know I'm only 24 so there's only hasn't been that much of a chance so give me some more time and I think I will but I think 
like I want to give it reason. And I think um, obviously the next person, whoever's, you know, the person that I will come out to them for will obviously be someone quite incredible and they'll see that. So that's kind of how I would would love to do it. However, I think um, it's perfectly also fine not to come out um yeah. to the to your grandparents if you don't think that it's um yeah a good idea that's so true and i think at the end of the day uh it's your choice your life and you're doing it for you and so if that means uh at this point in your journey that's not something you want to do you will get there if and when you want to and you know I, as a friend of yours i'm so incredibly supportive of that because i know that you're doing it in your own time girl and I'm supportive. Thanks, bud. <laughs> um, so, we're, so we're coming to the end of the podcast um, okay. pretty quickly. I know we, we both love a big yarn, but there's something <laughs> that we wanted to introduce um, into this uh, as a segment, and we're going to keep going with this every week. Um, this is Black Excellence. So, Matika, I'm going to let you start. Given we were talking about TikTok, I know that you've got some deadly TikTokers you want to talk about. So. Very true. Yeah, definitely. So we're thinking of calling this segment like Black Excellence or Black Queer Excellence. I don't know. Give us some feedback. We'll figure it out. Um, uh, and basically <laughs> highlight someone uh, it, or something each episode that we think is worth sharing. And so given part of my story today was talking about um, being questioned on my identity through TikTok, I actually wanted to highlight the uh, creator who made the audio that I did the TikTok too. Maybe I'll post the TikTok on um, our Instagram so everyone can see it once we publish this episode. Um, but her TikTok is called How to Delete. Her name is Emily and I'm pretty sure she's a Sydney-based um, Indigenous artist who also makes comedy and educational videos on TikTok. So everyone should definitely go check her out. She's a fantastic content creator and her Instagram is Dartham123 as well. Um, maybe we'll tag her in the Instagram post so you can go check her out as well. But that's my Black Queer Excellence for the week. Awesome. I have um, two, and I know that we are going way over time, but I feel like I need to talk about both. So firstly, everyone um, who doesn't live under a rock would know who Patty Mills is, NBA player, deadly fella from uh, Top End Queensland. He has started a foundation that has just launched recently called Team Mills. And Team Mills um, has been put together to help out indigenous mob across the country, uh, across the world. Sorry, so they've raised money. Um, they're looking to help family violence prevention services in um, America, and they've also started to look at you know land management um, here in Australia to help share knowledge of cultural burning practices, um, which is incredible. Obviously, given the recent bushfires, I feel like there's no better time for us to really invest in continuing this really important cultural protocol, which which has protected the country for. 70,000 years plus um it's really exciting to see a young fella standing up and everyone getting around him um mm -hmm. in this sense but my second one um speaking of incredible um young activists and this is in our queer scope so aretha brown um is an incredible indigenous queer youth activist she's an artist she was former prime minister of the australian national youth parliament she has done some incredible speeches and incredible media she's jumped on triple j she has artwork across Melbourne, particularly in our train stations down here. She's done and she's recently started up a YouTube channel, which has been a great source for education and resources for mob and non-mob who want to learn more about 
our culture and the way um, she sees the world. And it's it's really fascinating and um, I kind of have a little bit of a girl crush on her. I think she's just incredible <laughs> the way that she goes about her, her life. She's she's super young. She's really articulate. And I think if you want to know anything about what's going on in the world, particularly in Indigenous affairs, she's someone to follow because she is just so switched on yeah. and so passionate um, amongst our many incredible women and an incredible mm-hmm. queer mob she's definitely right up there so that's my black excellence for the week amazing thank you so much for sharing that and for joining me once again uh for another episode of coming out black and thank you to everyone who's listening we really appreciate it um please again like we said last time like and follow us on the various channels you can listen to this podcast wherever you're listening to it at the moment follow our instagram at coming out black b-l-a-k uh what else should they do courtney um, I would love you, Mob, to hit us up on emails or DM us. I want to hear your funniest um, coming out stories, whether it be, um, you know, in the queer spectrum or, you know, as an Indigenous person, no matter what colour you are, I would love to hear some funny ones. Obviously, tell us your good and bad ones as well. I think we're going to tell some next week on our podcast and share some because I reckon I've seen a few posts from our followers so far and you've you followers are really funny so I'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing some of those but yeah other than that keep keep bringing your questions in and yeah keep sharing this with people that you feel would love to hear these conversations and be a part of them all right um we'll see you next week everyone or we'll we'll hear you you'll hear us <laughs> <laughs> all right take care of yourself bye everyone <laughs>